Friday. Well, <clears throat> I was just, I had to smile when, when Brother James brought this beautiful rendition of Thanksgiving up. Um, because, you know, it strikes me that I'm with a bunch of folks who already know how to give thanks yes. and know what Thanksgiving is, yes. is, is about. But um, I'm not going to, I'm just going to share what the Lord has given me today. Uh, and, uh, and, and hopefully it will build into what you already know and, and even deepen that that understanding and that knowledge uh, for it is, you know, it is in dwelling with him that all these things become evident. And uh, when, when, when Pastor James gets a chance, if he would just put uh, Leviticus 2611 up, um, because I want to start with this one uh, and just open with a bit of a prayer. This is such a beautiful statement. And I know that all of us have at one time or another read this statement out of Leviticus. And some renditions call it my dwelling place. And that tabernacle is not only the tent, but in this present dispensation is each one of us. We are each one of us his tabernacle. And today when we get into the main part of the, the message that I hope to bring to you, um, we're going to spend a lot of time in uh, the fellowship of thanksgiving. Yeah. Because, you know, for those of you who are on Facebook, you know, uh, you know when, when you tag somebody else, on Facebook, yeah. you tag them for whatever reason. Well, this is like a tag. I'm tagging all of you because you've all just come through the fellowship series, which I have to uh, just give glory and honor and praise to Pastor James for being obedient to the, to the Lord and to the Holy Spirit and for bringing that message to, to you over the six weeks. It was powerful. And there is so much to continue to unpack there. So in, 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 I would just say, uh, don't not go back to it repeatedly. And I'm sure that all of you have all of the things that you do in, in preparation for each day. And first and foremost, I, I'm sure that it's giving thanks to the Lord God Almighty. Because without His breath in our lungs each and every morning then we wouldn't be getting up to come and go forth in his, in his power and to love the world and to care for others and to bring the true message of the gospel, the blessed hope of Jesus Christ to the world and to everyone we meet. So in this, I just want to um, Go ahead and give, you know, open with a quick prayer based on this. Father God, I thank you today. I thank you today for all that you have done for us and that you have, as in 2611 of Leviticus, you have set your tabernacle, your dwelling place among us. And we know that your dwelling place in the Old Testament is the same as your dwelling place in the New Testament. And that is our our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. 
and he is connected to the Old Testament and forward to the New Testament. He is the embodiment of everything in the Word of God. The rhema, the spoken word, as well as the logos, the written word, the absolute fullness of the Godhead bodily. And today we just come to continue to worship and give thanks for all that He has done and that He is doing. For nothing is too hard for the Lord God Almighty. Nothing is too hard for you. And again, we just give you the honor, glory, and praise. And as I begin to walk into this message time, I just want to ask for your blessing, your spirit be upon us as it is already, as it blew in here and has just absolutely blown things up, Father God. We just ask that you lead, guide, and direct us in everything we do. For it is in your Son Jesus that we find absolutely everything we need for life, for love, and godliness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You know, it's funny because we've been, we've been praying and praising and rejoicing and being joyful and being in His presence and the glory has fallen upon us and we are His tabernacles here today. And in Leviticus 23.40, which is not one that I gave, um, uh, gave Pastor John, but... It, Pastor, Pastor James, but I just wanted to reflect on that real quick. And that is that it's a time of Leviticus. And, you know, from your own studies, you, you know that the first six books of the Bible, the, the five that are known as the Pentateuch, and then the, the first book of the history, Joshua, comprise the history from the beginning of time to the time when the, the Israelites finally went into the land of promise, into the land of milk and honey under Joshua's name. And in Leviticus, the interesting thing is, is in, in reviewing some of my previous studies, that um, at the, the first two, three verses of Scripture in Genesis, where we see in the beginning was God and God... And, the, and, the, and God created heavens and earth, and the, war, the earth was void, uh, and the, God's Spirit hovered over um, all of, the, all of the, the void. And it, it breaks down into two. This is the beginning of everything, the bare sheep, as, they, as it is called in, in, in Hebrew, the beginning, the origins. Um, and th that comes down to two categories in this beginning scriptures well, the first word is in the beginning God that's right. so that's one category and then guess what everything else is the next category created everything else right. everything in this world in this universe in this existence and beyond fits into one of those two it isn't God it's created and that's how we see in the beginning of John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, which I'll come back to a little later, the same thing. That's the connection back. That's the connection back. But I don't want to digress too much yet. But um, So 
Leviticus 23.40, when he's given all of the, um, the call. Man, we, J Pastor James, we just, we just heard that beautiful message and that beautiful prayer about the call that we have in our lives. That the book of Leviticus not only is the, 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 the fullness of the law, but that is in itself the call to the people of Israel. Do these things. Perform these things. Come and be. Rejoice. 2340. And in the, in the tabernacles, when, when he sets out the Feast of the Tabernacles, which takes place for seven days, he tells them to do certain things. And at the end of that, in 2340b, he says, And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. Mm -hmm. Now, we can take that as a physical seven days, or symbolically, as we understand the number seven to be, the fullness, the completeness. So for all time, we are to praise God, rejoice in Him, and rejoice before Him. And then we find, if you'll go to Philippians 4, 4 through 7, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. There's that word. With thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. What a beautiful word. Yes. What a magnificent word. And didn't we just finish up with the, the, the praise him about having his peace? The more we seek him, the more we find him. The more we find him, the more we love him. Then we have his peace. Well, our eyes are open. We have his freedom. We have freedom in him. So all of those are just working together. And we've done so much and talked so much. Mr. Mr. Rex, you, uh, you brought up in the Psalms not too long ago, just prior to starting up. We're going to spend some time in a Psalm which is not included in the 150 Psalms, 75 of which we know David wrote, and then a number of others which were written by or he uh, requested that his chief priest write and then the sons of Korah wrote, they were all part of that group in that time when David was taking over as the, the king of, of the, the entire land, the, the United Kingdom of, of, of Israel. So in First in Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 also reflects and reiterates Virtually the same things that Philippians 4, 4-7 through 7 does. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. Hallelujah. For this, and this is the beautiful part. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. For you and you and you and you and me. And for James. For every, every one of us who come and dwell with him and walk with him. And that's why I come back to the fellowshipping aspects of it. So much of the world 
our own brothers and sisters who are Christians in name only because they haven't dwelled with him. They've gotten their ears tickled by another gospel which is, is leading down the primrose path, if you will, or leading them down the trail that's going to drop off on a, on a, big, a big cliff. And uh, the only way to get, to get them back is to be in love with them as much as God is in love with them and to go forth giving thanks for everything. You know, it's not, it's not just the good things, is it? It's not just, it's everything. Amen. You know, I'm reminded of Romans uh, chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that all good things, no, I'm sorry, excuse me. Let me take that back. It's not all good things. It's all things. And, uh, you know, we want to, you just saw the slip of a tongue. Sometimes maybe that's why I slipped the tongue. We want to put it on the, on the spin of the good things. But that's not what God has said. God has says, all things work together for those who love him are called according to his purpose. Amen. Amen. And that's his will of, for us is that we should rejoice always, pray, give thanks in everything. So that's really what this message is about uh, today. So in short, um, I'm tagging the fellowship series with this, and I call it the fellowship of thanksgiving. And we're not going to go back through it, but I listened to every one of those this past week. And, and I got to say, as I said, I've already, I've already, I, I got to go back and listen to them again because there was just, you know, you can pick out two or three nuggets maybe in each message, but there's so many more beautiful nuggets Amen. of, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> I'm getting so excited that I'm causing, maybe I should just shut up and let the Holy Spirit just, you know, be with us. Um, thank, you, Jesus. thank you, Lord. But, and, and, and another thing I wanted to say, friends, is just feel free to just interject. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking, but as you know, I'm exhorting. This is a case where I'm exhorting. You know, in another case, it might be where I'm preaching. If I was preaching to folks who really didn't understand the fullness of God and his, his movement and dwelling in our lives and all of those things that Pastor James has brought forth out of the series of the fellowship. Um, I, I just, so many beautiful things, you know, I, I just have to go back real quick. I love that he started off with part one and he, he said several times during the course of the, the messages that uh, <laughs> he thought he was going to have three parts. But then he found out very quickly that the Holy Spirit wasn't having any of that. So he's going to have to go to six parts. And I'm thankful that he did. I'm thankful that he was uh, obedient to the Spirit. Amen. And that's what, that's, all God, that, that's what God expects from us. If we're obedient, then he is going to pour out his blessing and reward. And it may be different. And there's going to be a lot of struggles. A lot of struggles. A lot of times. We've got to be walking through those struggles and we, we, we forget to be thankful. We, we forget to be thankful. And, you know, I think that's a lot of the reason why a great 
part of the world of our brothers and sisters in Christ, that 63% that it's, you know, come down to here in the United States, is they forget to be thankful. They're not thankful. They just don't understand that all of these things are happening because this is part of God's will for our lives. And the way we respond to that is in thankfulness. And we, we are thankful for those things. You know, and it's hard. You know, say, say, Pastor Doug, how can I do that? How can I do that? Well, you know, it just means you, you press into the Lord. You press into Him more. You get more intimate with Him. Amen. He will not fail us. Right. He will not fail us. He will calm us. He will comfort us. He will lift us up. And he will raise us up. But what does the word say in 1 Thessalonians? It is, humble yourself in the sight of God, and in due time, he will exalt you. You're not about exalting ourselves, which is what so much of the, even our brothers, especially in a lot of the Christian world, they're about, they're about exalting themselves. You know, I'm reminded about Enoch. The first Enoch now, not the second Enoch, because we know... The second Enoch walked with God, and then he was no more. Yeah, that's right. He just walked, and, and God just took him with him. But the first Enoch, who was a descendant of Cain and Lamech, right. and then inherited the city, because that's what he was after. Right. He was after that. And, then, and so he got what he was after. But it wasn't what God wanted for him. Oh, no, but he still, he got it anyways. That's what a lot of folks today, they're after something that's do-it-yourself, mm -hmm. self-madeness. That's right. You know, um, I, I'm, I'm walking my own pathway. Mm -hmm. Well, and they're look, or they're looking for the efforts of men to satisfy them. Well, yeah, they're going to get those. They're going to get those things. But guess what? When they get them, they find out they're no more satisfied than they were when they didn't have it. The only true satisfaction that we can have in our lives is the intimacy yes. with God. Amen. The ark that is Jesus yes. coming into our lives Amen. and dwelling in these tents, these tabernacles of our hearts, mm -hmm. and then pouring forth from there and dwelling with us. It's the only way we can do that. So it's just beautiful, all of those things. So I, I just liked the progression that, that Pastor James laid out for each one of us. And yes, there are so many more nuggets to go back and, and, and remember and, 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 and follow up on. But, you know, in Jeremiah 17 and, and, and also verse 27. But in Jeremiah 17, he says of himself, Jeremiah says, hey, is anything too hard for you, Lord? Says, Ah, oh, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and earth by your great power in our outstretched arm. He says, There is nothing too hard for you. Then that's as as you know, that's James. I asked James to put it at out of the King James version. So in some of the other versions, it's very similar, but and but it's the same meaning. You know, people get so up in arms sometimes about the translations. But you know what? I have found that no matter your translation, 
if there's veracity in, in, the, in those who are translating it, the Holy Spirit's going to show you the truth of the matter. So you don't have to worry that somebody may have changed the word because the Holy Spirit is going to show you if you, you enter in with that Holy Spirit and, and asking for Him to reveal to you. I mean, he's the revelator, yeah, right. the great revelator. Right. He is not going to re reveal anything to you that isn't truth. That's right. And when He reveals that truth, then you know, okay, this is truly, I know this is the word of the Lord, just like Jeremiah, or this is not God's word. Yeah. So many people don't understand that. They get up in arms and they twist a little, you know, they hear somebody speak a, what appears to be, or sounds like it's a scripture, but they don't have the Holy Spirit revealing in them that it is or it isn't. That's how our enemy works. He works like that. And he's worked a great deal like that. So in both of those, he talks about, uh, Jeremiah talks about that. The, um, you know, nothing is too hard for God. And then if you go to 27, he says, behold, this is, this is the Lord speaking now. Behold, I am the Lord. Don't you just love it? He get, it gets it right in there. You don't have to go any further than I am. And you know what's going on right now. I am the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Do we think we're in a tough spot? There is nothing too hard for God. Do we think our country is in a difficult spot? Yes, but there is nothing too hard for God. Amen. He has led us and he has let those of us who are seeking after these things of man get to where we are. But he can easily and without very much difficulty change that in the heartbeat in the twinkling of an eye. And I liked what uh, James continued on that. You know, I especially liked the suffering. Absolutely. We suffer with him. And then part four, the grace. But I like the grace upon grace, the empowerment that, gra that is grace upon grace. That God's, God's grace is empowering. And, and that's just beautiful. And then the revelation that you... Uh, Pastor Rex and, and, and Pastor James shared together on those. On those um, I mean, that's about the Holy Spirit collaborating. But we have to allow Him to do that. God is not an intimidator. Our Father is not a tim an intimidator. He will not do anything to um, force you to receive. You know, I once said, you know, he gave us free will. He gave us choice. Yes. He will not abrogate our choices. So we choose to walk in a different direction. He's not going to abrogate. It. He's not going to change that. He's not going to force us to do anything because that's not who he is. He is a God of love, but he does have standards. That's right. Come on now. And he asks us to follow those just like he did with the Israelites. Just like he's going to he's doing today. And in this message um, that I'm going to now bring up for, uh, you know, this message um, was one that I was given some weeks ago. 
And I'll have to find it again. Oh, no, I don't. Yay, I've got it still. But it came from... Um, First Chronicles chapter 16. Now I've given James a few, a, a few scriptures, but um, I'm going to take the liberty, if you will allow me, to, uh, re, to use some of my notes from what I posted on uh, my, my backside of the mountain, uh, a Christian conversation uh, page. I mean, you can find all kinds of stuff on, on Facebook, but what you have to do is find the stuff that's worthwhile to be involved, to look at, to read. Now, I look at a lot of stuff, but I'm fine by. But my primary sources are this word. And then I have a few other sources, like I'm sure others do. I have those that are for personal my personal edu education and, and uplifting. But then uh, I have others that he says, okay, this is something I want you to, re to relate to the folks, to, to, to whomever you will uh, be able to uh, speak with. And this comes out of First Chronicles uh, 16. Now David has just uh, become, we'll go back to the first one. Um, David has just become king over the United Kingdom. Remember, he was king for seven years in Hebron, mm -hmm. which is actually just Judah. But Saul, and then later Ishbosheth, Ishboth, yes, was king over Israel. Well, Ishbosheth was was killed, was murdered actually, and there was nobody else in line in the kingdom. Of Israel so here was an opportunity um, for the ark to be brought back to Jerusalem and for David to present himself to the entire united family of Israel and to the people and say okay will, you know will you let me be the king do you want me to be the king and they accepted him as the king so then this was him going to Jerusalem his, his city and then establishing his royal courthouse, his royal court there. Um, so uh, I always love this. The Chronicles is about is you know is about the chronicles of the kingdom and the kings. It isn't necessarily um, historical in the sense that it cites all the different uh, the different. Um, uh, the families and the time frames, but it is kind of uh, in, in an order of chronological. Um, but sometimes things are compressed where they're, they, they, because of where they're written, but they actually took place over, you know, seven, eight, 10, 20 years before they got to that point. Uh, but they are a kind of, they are a, a set of books, now two books, but early on in, 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 in David's time, they were one book. And then you had First and Second Kings, and you had First and Second Samuel. So they coincide with First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings. Specifically, David is in the, the, uh, the latter part of First uh, Samuel into First Kings. And until he 
until he dies. But then we know Solomon takes over and and and, and continues the the United King the United reign. So let me just get back here. So what I was going back to is uh, just the first time I wrote about this because, and you see, my wife says I'm lost without this thing. <laughs> but thank you. But it was all written down here. Um, so it just, it, just, it just thrills me to be able to just speak about this. But um, I wanted to, first of all, briefly, you know, we, we know that David wrote half of the, um, of the Psalms. But, and, then, and they're contained in the, book of, in, in, in the book that is we know as Psalms, in the songs. And, uh, but here's one that isn't in the, gospel, in the Psalms. And it's what occurred in, the, in chapter 16 after the ark was finally brought into, um, into Jerusalem. Now, interestingly enough, when they were first bringing it in, it didn't, it, it didn't make it all the way to Jerusalem. It ended up being in, uh, in kiriath Jerim, in the household of uh, one Obed. Uh, I remember his last name, but um, it was coming from there, from, from uh, the other part of Israel, um, when it happened that David saw that somebody had uh, leaned on it to keep it from falling to the ground, and because it was holy, he, he, he died. And David was like, oh my goodness, maybe we should just you know, put it someplace else for a little while. So they did. But what was funny is that the, for the three months that it was in this other person's house, this uh, Israelite, um, his family was blessed. It was blessed. So that isn't that isn't that a metaphor for what happens in our lives if we have the Ark of the Covenant in our lives, if we have the Ark in our house, in our dwelling place, we are going to be blessed. You can't stop it. You can't prevent it because why would you want to anyway? God wants to bless us. He does. He truly does. So, kind of going on forsaken real quick, kind of that last chapter. Just before chapter 16, I want to read something of the last verse. Now, if you go into, uh, I believe it's 1 Kings, when they're bringing it in, you know David is married to Micah, who is the daughter of Saul. And she wasn't too keen on him getting all howdy-toady out there with the, with the rabble. I mean, she's pretty clear on that. So this is a representation. So here's what happens. I like reading this part because it, it reminded me immediately of forsaking, being, being forsaken or forsaking your walk with the Lord or even rejecting the Lord entirely and never even getting to that point. So verse, verse uh, 29 of chapter 15. And it happened... As the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came to the city of David, that Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through 
a window and saw King David whirling and playing music, and she despised him in her heart. You can talk about forsaken. That's the epitome of forsaken. Because what do we know that happens to her? She never bore any children. Now, could it have been divine? Yes. Or could it have been the divinity working in David that she would never have any more children? She didn't have any children to start. So he never went into her possibly or she was just closed up by the Holy Spirit. And, but I, I tend to think, you know, if you're with somebody who's not going to accept you in light of your position with Christ, then that's probably, you know, you're probably going to begin to distance yourself. And although, not, not that you would divorce them or leave them, but you would distance yourself. You will continue to love them. And you may even continue, and in fact, I think, I believe God would have us to look out for their interests as much as you look out for yours, more than you look out for theirs. And who knows? Who knows what that witness will do in that person's life? So, just good things like that. So, I was, uh, I had just finished one of my daily. Um, um, devotions in, in the coach's Bible. And it's, it's got all the scripture and then it's got a devotional uh, segment in the back. And, and this was one of the scriptures. Uh, first, day, first, uh, first Chronicles 16. And it was about living um, and dwelling with the Lord just as David did. And that is, you know, we know his heart was for the Lord and it didn't make him perfect. But everything he did was because his heart was seeking the Lord. <clears throat> so they brought the ark. This is verse six. This is verse one of 16. So they brought the ark of God and set it in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for it. Remember the tabernacle? And David had erected a tent for it, for the ark. And I'll, I'll connect this very soon. And David, and when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, the, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. And then he distributed, I'm, I'm reading beyond what I had uh, James put up here, but then he distributed to everyone of Israel, both man and woman, to everyone a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, and some translations will call a date cake. Um, in the Old Testament, they referred, they, they actually referred to date with its meat. That was, that was the meat of the date, even though it's a fruit. <clears throat> and a cake of raisins. And he appointed some of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord to commemorate, to thank there's that word again. Thank, to thank, and to praise the Lord, God of Israel. Now I'm going to skip down to verse 7. On that day, David first delivered this psalm into the hand of Asaph. So Asaph was actually the chief priest that he appointed. 
and all of his relatives. And he said, and his brethren. To thank the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Verse 8. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing psalms to him. Talk to him. And of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face evermore. Remember his marvelous works which he has done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. O seed of Israel, his servant, you children of Jacob, the chosen ones. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful things. Now, um, as I said, I had just finished with it and I clearly had the Lord compel me and speak to me in my heart. He said, Doug, <laughs> he said, Doug, this is a psalm of thanksgiving that my people need to know about. My people need to hear about it. They need to know. Now, sometimes we might think we're preaching to the choir, but even, even our choir mates need to have that encouragement, that, you know, that, that word, that uplifting, that sense of thankfulness. And I know that within this group, we are. We have that sense of thankfulness. It is not only known by the way we responded in praise time, but I mean, and, and it just, just thank you. Thank you, Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you. It was just so beautiful because you didn't have to be um, encouraged. You were just out there. You were like David was before the ark. Because we have that which is the ark of God living in us. And that's where I want to kind of tie this back real quick. Um, and I'm going to tie this in because all through this 16th uh, chapter, after we get past there, it's always about saying who he is, giving him what he deserves, raising up his lordship um, for all people, honoring him and giving him the majesty. I mean, just look at I'm not going to read every single word, but he said, remember his marvelous works. And he calls us the seed of Israel. He is the Lord God. His judgments are in all the earth. Remember his covenant. For a thousand generations, the covenant which he made with Abraham and confirmed with Jacob, saying to you, I will give the land of Canaan. We all have our land of Canaan and we <clears throat> we can either walk away from it or with God walk into it hand in hand, dwelling with him. He dwelling with us in obedience to what he has in store for our lives. And, and, and possess the land of Canaan, a land that we know to be filled with milk and honey and all marvelous kinds of fruits <clears throat> and not 
allow the giants in those lands to shake us. But if we stand firm on our life in Christ and our faith, we will not be disappointed. But he comes, he continues <clears throat> on through. Um, Sing to the Lord. <clears throat> and I, I love that. So we're singing. We're declaring His glory. He is great and greatly to be praised. For all the... God you know what else I like about this? Um, and Jesus even did it too. Uh, throughout the Old Testament, God is not afraid to say there are other gods. But they're a little G and he's a big G. That's right. That's right. He is Yahweh. That's and, and that's what I like. Even here he says, for all gods of who? Of the peoples. Come on now. Don't we have all gods in this? <laughs> he says it. They are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and gladness. Give to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering. And that's God set out in Leviticus. Bringing offerings. You have all the offerings. He didn't do that to put the burden on them. He did that so they would know, we would know how to come to Him. The peace offering. The fellowship offering. The burnt offering. The... Um, the sin offering, and there's one more. It escapes me now. I can't remember. But that's okay. God knows what it is, and that's, that. you know. But all of those, all embodied in Jesus Christ. So we no longer have to bring the offering, the physical offering. We bring, well, and technically we do. We bring ourselves. We're the offering. We give ourselves. We surrender our lives to Him. We die to Him. But we are covered by His blood already. Because He did that once for all time. For each and every one of us. He put us in the position to receive of that forgiveness. But only through Him can that happen. As He say, come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. But now let's go right to the almost the tail end. So in verses 34 and 35 and 36, this is how he concludes. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And say, save us, O God of our salvation. Save us, O God of our salvation. Gather us together and deliver us from the Gentiles to give thanks to your holy name, to triumph in your praise. And then 36, he says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Hallelujah. Praise God. And what did the people say? The people said, Amen. Amen. And then we praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> and one final note, as I relate this back to, well, I mean, we've already talked about it. <clears throat> he, he really said upon me that, we needed to know that we should be giving thanks 
in everything for all time and everywhere and that we can carry that forth and in the midst of the most dire circumstances we can give thanks because why because we know the one who is the blessed hope we know the one who can in the heart in the blink of an eye he nothing is too hard for him he could change that situation And that is what we want. So one thing that, in closing, I want to come back to Genesis 1, 1 through 3, and 1 John 1, 1 through 5. And we're going to tie it in to this first part of, of, of uh, verse 1, chapter 16. So as I was reading and praying, and seeking, the whole, seeking his guidance on it. He then said, So they brought the ark of God. What is, who, in, in this time, we know the ark was filled with certain things representative of God's holiness. And it was itself holy. And where did they bring it? David had already built a tent, a physical tent, a physical tabernacle, in which to place the ark. And... All the way back in Moses' time, what did they do? They built the tabernacle with the, the, uh, the, the, the four sides around it. And they didn't move. That's where they had the tent of meeting. This is our tent of meeting right here. Our tent of meeting. That's what he, he told me. He said, Doug, Jesus is my ark. He is the fullness of my essence. And you, your heart, you are the physical tabernacle in fleshly form. So, then he, he brought it around and he says, and, 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 and what's so important is that, and James, you, you touched on this in, um, I believe, in the great, in, in, in one of uh, the fellowship of grace. Um, so we have the beginning of time. We have the beginning of the New Testament. First John. Here's first. No, this is good. So here's the beginning of the, uh, of the of time. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So there's God, the creator. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. Now, this wasn't the darkness that we relate to what Satan brings. This was just, you know, this was darkness. Just, there was nothing there. And the Spirit, okay, here's the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we have two of the three Godhead. Was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, I love this. I love this. There's Rhema. There's the spoken word. Let there be light. And there was light. Now, I'm not, this was just your daylight. You know how before, before you get the sun up, you've got that daylight part of time? That, that's what it was. Because he hasn't yet made the, the moon or the sun. He hasn't spoken them into existence yet. Okay, so now jump over to uh, first, first John. 
Now, I think I know you all have, ta- have looked at this one and, and talked about it. This is this is so magnificent. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All now I, I believe verse three and four are significant. But here's the whole representation of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit right there, right in those first two verses. So verse 3, all things were made through him. Who is the him? Jesus Christ. And without him, nothing was made that was made. Boom! Now, now, now it's not the first time it's just blown my mind. But it's just like, in light of this, this magnificent revelation, yeah. it's just, you, you, can't do, you can't do anything other than say, wow, yes. So true. And then in, in him was life. And the life was the light of the men, of men. Yeah. Now, this is not just, this is all humanity right here. It isn't just man, like an individual right. man. Right. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Still happening today. That's right. Darkness does not comprehend light. So, yeah, I mean, I can't put any kind of exclamation mark. That's it. That's, that's all you need. You don't need to try and put any exclamation on it. So here's what I wrote about that. In verses, in these five verses, one through five, especially three and four, is the revelation of the entirety of the creation action. So, three and that's and, and, and then... And then if we jump back to, I already brought this up, but um, and, and then in, category, in Genesis 1 through 3 are two categories. There's God and the Godhead, and then there's created. Those are the two categories. You're either in the Godhead or you're created. And everything else is a moot point. So why would we seek after something that isn't God. Because there's a lot of deception out there. We see it every day. And you touched on it in so many ways. And especially in the last, in the last part of the series in Forsaken. Um, so yeah, these are... I had some friends... Um, I, I recently wrote a post on this and, uh, and I, so that's exactly what I said was this is the entirety of God's creative action. His love, that's really what it is. That's his love in action. Um, and they said, you know, one was, came, and a wonderful guy, he, uh, he came back and he said, hey, that, that was something, we had to learn that. It was, uh, it was by heart. They had to learn that. It was part of their um, liturgy in the Catholic Church when he was a young man. And then another friend of mine just um, posted something and went into other great explanation, but just saying yes this is, without a doubt, the most significant um, scripture in all of the te- all of the all of the Bible, in his opinion. And you know, I have to agree because without these, there's there's nothing else. Because what is it after that? We start getting into, you know, the Word became flesh, and dwelt among us, yes. and He still dwells among us today. Yes. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Wow. So, friends, my encouragement is to, um, as we close, hey, could we, could we put back up the instrumental of um, The More I Seek You? Please? I asked James to do that, and... Uh, but there's another thing on my mind as I was um, as I was praying and going through. I recalled. I mean, the Psalms are beautiful, but there are uh, a, there are 30 Psalms that deal with blessing and thanksgiving for the Lord. And so, um, and and uh, so that was beautiful but you know we know that the psalms deals with a lot of things so i'm not saying we should just we should read everything i had started um some years ago every year i i read through the psalms as one of my daily each day a different psalm and then i, I go from there so uh, but i have other things that i'm reading so and then i relate them back to different parts of the of the word but um, it's beautiful. So uh, I would just encourage us, whatever your other source, you know, don't be afraid to read other sources of inspiration, but make sure they're tied into the Holy Spirit and they're tied into, they're Christian people. And, and I, I use that. I mean, old ones, new ones, contemporaries, you know, the, um, the fathers, of our of our age um, is beautiful but um, I was reminded as I was going through this um, the Thanksgiving the giving thanks and I was reminded and you, you may know this one um, give thanks with a grateful heart give thanks to the Holy One give thanks because he's given us Jesus Christ <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Ah, the more we seek you, Lord, the more we find you. The more we find you, the more we love you. Thank you, Jesus. You are our blessed hope, Father God. And we thank you and we praise your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I thank you. Father God, I, I don't know what else to, to say or ask. I just, I just want your presence. I want to walk as David walked. My heart totally totally for you and you're the only one I want to please yes I want to please Nancy but I want to please you more than anything else so my my entire being is wrapped up in pleasing you and going where you send me Father God so today I just thank you for all of your people gathered here I thank you 
that you have a plan for our lives and that if we will allow you access to our, our, our lives, if we will allow you access to our lives. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you will, you will carry us hand in hand, walking in the same direction, revealing all of your beauty and all your magnificence to us as we go forth for your purpose, Father. I just thank you. We just give you the honor, the glory, the praise, and the power is all yours. Here and in heaven, now and always. And we know it is in Jesus. It is in Jesus' name, the only name that matters. And we give you thanks for it. Hallelujah.